Welcome to the Bone and Joint Playbook, Tips on Pain-Free Aging with Dr. John Erst. Today's topic, arthritis. Hey there, everybody. I'm Terry O'Brien, and I'm really thrilled to be bringing you the very first episode of the Bone and Joint Playbook with Dr. John Erst. This is an ongoing series of podcasts that features orthopedic topics, and let's just go ahead and jump right into it. I'll let Dr. Erst tell us a little bit about himself. Well, thanks, Terry. Um, I'm a board-certified orthopedic surgeon. I um, went to Ohio State University undergrad, did my uh, orthopedic surgery residency training here in Dayton, and a clinical fellowship in total joint replacement up at Harvard. Um, I co-founded a uh, large orthopedic group called Orthopedic Associates of Southwest Ohio here in Dayton uh, some 33 years ago. And um, about five years ago, got um, involved with the inaugural uh, course in North America on stem cells and platelet-rich plasma, many of which are going to be things we talk about later in this talk about arthritis today. Well, that sounds great. So I know today, this is our very first episode, and what we decided to talk about on this very first episode was arthritis. So is it possible you can describe to everybody, A, what arthritis is, and B, maybe how it comes about or how people get arthritis? Yeah, well, arthritis is uh, simply inflammation of a joint. And our uh, arthritic conditions that we get through our lifetime are the leading or among the leading causes of disability in the United States. So that causes people pain. It causes them limited movement. It has uh, things that contribute to their inability to, to climb stairs, to sleep, to get in and out of a car, and just do everyday activities. Um, so I think the, um, the contributing factors are um, well from a lot of different areas. Some people have an injury to a joint and they break a bone in the knee joint, and that leads to an uneven knee surface. Some people have rheumatoid arthritis where you have an immune response and your body kind of attacks your joints and it can attack the hands and the knees and the shoulders and hips. Uh, And other people just have what's called wear and tear arthritis or osteoarthritis. That's the most common kind. We get it with aging and as we live longer, a lot of these things just are the results of of uh, more activities we've accumulated, perhaps with repetitive microtrauma or doing the things we like to do. A doctor, what is microtrauma? I've never heard of that. Well, it would be like putting, um, working in an assembly line at a General Motors plant and putting a part on a shelf 1,500 times a day. And that repetitive movement with your arm overhead or squatting with parts or uh, runners who repetitively run on hard surfaces like like a concrete sidewalk or roads have that impact and repetitive trauma is much like wear and tear on a, on a brake shoe of a car. It's just over time, there's a, there's a wear pattern. Dr. Erst, is it possible to slow down the progression of arthritis or is it, is it just the fact that you're going to get older? It's going to get worse over time. You know, that seems to be what I think when I hear arthritis. Well, that's a great question, Terry. Um, the things we like to tell people is our job is to help slow the progression so that the, the body parts we have can continue to be ours and not an artificial joint, which may be the culmination of a, a really bad joint down the road, i.e. a joint replacement or what's called a total knee or a total hip or a total shoulder. The way we preserve our joints is we 
modify some of the activities we do. We think of the running surfaces are on an asphalt track is certainly more forgiving than a concrete sidewalk. Um, perhaps we um, look at the, um, you know, our, our waistline and understand that weight affects the knees and the hips. In fact, uh, if someone loses 20 pounds, that's a threefold benefit on their knees. So that's 60 less pounds of force across your knees if you lose 20 pounds. So I tell my patients, if your knees hurt, losing a little bit of weight over time, getting a program uh, to modify your diet, increase your exercise and activities is a great way to do one approach to uh, what's called joint health. So what are the treatments for arthritis? I know there's objections that you do, but are, are there other treatments over-the-counter medicines I can take? What are my options when it comes to treatment? Uh, there's a lot of things we can do. And, and a couple of ways to attack arthritis is to attack the lining, which is the uh, cells that make knees swell or, or joints get full or thickened. And that's called the synovium. So things that are anti-inflammatory in nature reduce inflammation. Some of these can be in foods, and some things are actually pro-inflammatory, which are they're harmful to your joints. So if you have gout, which is one of the causes of arthritis from an inflammation cause, you may want to avoid red meats, red wines, what are called high uh, purine foods, things like uh, you know cheeses and um, things that are high in protein content. And a lot of people can you know Google what a you know a, a gout diet would be, but. You want to avoid the things that are bad and then things like antioxidants that are natural things to help inflammation, some of the fish and flaxseed oils, um, other things that help reduce inflammation. Um, I try to keep my patients off what are called anti-inflammatories. People take Advil or Aleve or Motrin and those are okay for a, a dose or two if you have a headache or a, a particular, you know, soar back from planting your spring garden. But you don't want to be on those medicines long-term. They have side effects for your stomach and for your kidneys. In fact, uh, last year, over 100,000 people went to the emergency room with serious GI complications from anti-inflammatories. Um, 16,000 people die, and over 80% of those people didn't even know they had a problem. So they're taking something for their knees, and it may be actually causing them more harm internally than their knee problem, which is just simply arthritis. Arthritis is never going to kill you. I like to use what are called natural anti-inflammatories, things that uh, are herbal remedies. Some of these take the form of uh, uh, plant derivatives. Turmeric and curcumin are, are from the same curry-type plant. Your body takes the curcumin up better in the gut itself, and if you take it with a black pepper extract, you increase curcumin's uptake by 2,000%. That's pretty good. You can usually find those at a health food store. I tell people a fish or flaxseed oil are also natural anti-inflammatories. They're good for joints. They're easy to take. And some of the other herbal remedies are Boswellia, which is derived from frankincense. Um, the wise men knew something, I guess. And uh, Boswellia, in a double-blind study, works about as well as Motrin, for inflammation benefits. So if you can take an herbal remedy that isn't going to have side effects for your stomach or kidney in the long run, that's a great option for your for your body parts and your arthritis treatment. You know, one of the things that I worry about as a musician, piano player, guitar player, is, is arthritis where my fingers get bent up. I'm not sure what kind of arthritis that is, but that does worry me a lot. What are the things you can do and what kind of arthritis is that that kind of cripples people from things like playing piano? <laughs> Well, again, there's, there's, uh, we talked about two things to attack in the, um, in the joints that can affect 
you getting arthritis or progression of arthritis. One, we talked about the lining cells called the synovium. They're kind of like the, the things that give you the fluid in the joints and lubricate our joints. But the things that keep joints from actually rubbing bone on bone is the cartilage, which is the white stuff at the end of a chicken bone. And as cartilage wears down, bone starts to wear on bone. And that's what you'll see on your x-rays is joint space narrowing or some of these arthritic conditions. And they can be in your hand or your, your uh, weight-bearing joints, such as your hip, knee, or ankle. In the hand, commonly, you can have rheumatoid arthritis. They affect the knuckles at the base of the fingers and the, the middle knuckles, they call them, where the fingers bend. And then wear and tear arthritis is just osteoarthritis that can affect the hands like it affects the knees. So we want motion. Motion is lotion. So that's why we tell people to keep active, play the guitar, get in a knitting club, you know, get out there and get a squeeze ball, keep your fingers moving. There are cartilage um, growth factors that you can take. Glucosamine and chondroitin are both found to be uh, helpful in slowing what's called arthritis progression. So that doesn't mean you're going to get rid of your arthritis, but you may slow how much wear and tear you get. And glucosamine and chondroitin are uh, two different uh, nutritional products. The glucosamine is actually not a glucose product, so it doesn't affect diabetics, but it does have a... um, um, a little bit of uh, benefit on cartilage uh, protection. And chondroitin is actually derived from the um, from bovine uh, sources. So if people are vegans, they need to stay away from that. There is a slight cross-reactivity with glucosamine and shellfish allergies because it comes from the um, what's called the exoskeleton of a shellfish. So other than those two caveats of a vegan taking chondroitin or a... Um, shellfish allergic patient worrying about glucosamine. Those two are great for hands and slowing progression. Other things that help hands and uh, uh, flexibility in the hands are are cherry tart juice and some of the simple things like castor oil. You can rub castor oil on your, uh, either your fingers or your little small toe joints. And those are uh, pretty easy. That's a a topical application. And, And I've told my patients, I'm okay if you're gonna use something like a CBD oil, anything you find that helps you um, decrease some of the other things that might be more harmful to you is fine with me. You know what's helping your body. Well, I, I guess as a follow-up question, you know, what do you find to be the most popular uh, treatment? What, what, you know, you rub, rub oils or ointments on your knuckles or joints to make them feel better. What are the ones that you find to be maybe the most effective in, in treating things? Well, there, there's, it's, a, it's a good question, but there's two parts to that question. One of them is what what is the science shown has any evidence for helping arthritis in the hands? And I'll, I'll use the hands because you brought it up for your guitar playing. The first is chondroitin and glucosamine have been shown to help arthritis progression in hands. So if you pick something that we know is a supplement like that, then that's one option. The second thing are some of the juices like the cherry tart juice or um, some of the um, uh, oils like fish oils or flaxseed oil. And it's just, I tell people to take two tablespoons of flaxseed oil and just put it in applesauce because applesauce is, is going to make it taste okay. And everybody's had grandma stick cod liver oil in their mouth. It doesn't taste too great. But if you put it in applesauce, you can tolerate anything. Um, but the second part of that question is what's a good brand to get? 
And that's up to you as a consumer to find a good brand. Um, the um, United States Pharmaceutical, which is USP.org, actually looks at nutritional products or vitamins because the FDA does not regulate the vitamin industry. So if you're selling a vitamin in a store, you can have 15% of what the label says in the pill and sell it and nobody's gonna tell anybody anything differently. Which is unfortunate because now you've got a crappy vitamin you spent a lot of money for, you might've bought it at the mall thinking, oh, it's gotta be good and it may not be. So if you, you have to be a consumer warrior, you have to find what nutritionals you're using, find good brands and see how they work for you. Most people should have a benefit from whatever brand they're using in about six weeks. And if you don't see a benefit, you probably have a lousy brand or your body's not absorbing it well. You um, know, earlier you said uh, movement or keeping moving uh, is important treatment. So what are the therapies or the treatments that you would do if somebody was to come in to, to visit you and say, hey, my hands are hurting? What are, the, what are the therapies or treatments you might recommend to that patient? Yeah, well, again, my, my adage for any of your joints is motion is lotion. And, you know, as, again, if you're, if you're knitting or doing cruel embroidery or playing a guitar, you are using your hands, you're keeping them moving. And that's the best thing. It's just simply move and get a squeeze ball while you're watching Gone with a Wind or whatever you have on TV and keep your, your hands active. Therapy can show you ways to strengthen muscles, stretch the, um, what are called the ligaments and tendons around the joints so you maintain flexibility. There are things like Pilates and yoga and other um, relaxing techniques for uh, joints. But we know that in arthritis, when we look at what's called evidence-based medicine, one of the strongest indicators for what's going to help your knee or your hip or your body part with arthritis is physical therapy. And formal therapy is worth going to. At least go for a visit or two. And I tell my patients, show me what to do at home. I'm going to, I've got a couple you know, gym pieces in my, in my basement. I probably use them as coat hangers, but what I'd like to do is set up a way for people to start doing things to help themselves. And the therapist can show you that. And we know that when we look at things that help and things that aren't so helpful in the really strong, helpful category is physical therapy, especially for lower extremity joints, like the hip, knee and ankle. You know, one of the things, I, I don't know if we're going to cover it in detail in this segment, but I know that in future segments, we're going to talk about stem cells and PRP and how those treatments can be applied to help people with arthritis. Uh, so what are the things that you could say about stem cells or PRP or other injections that you could give to people uh, to help them cope with the pain that they have with arthritis? Well, the first thing I do, Terry, is I would, I would look at, I'd examine my patient and look at your x-rays. And we like to look at, you know, how do the joints look? How bad are your hips, knees, shoulders, or hands? And then what's been done for them up until now? So we always start with simple things, therapy, braces, uh, arch supports if it's a lower extremity and it's a little out of alignment. Um, we then talk about the things you mentioned, things like injections. And for, for most joints, we can always inject cortisone, which is fast acting, but not necessarily very long lasting. Has a few side effects, can raise your blood sugar a little bit. Second type of injection we use is a gel injection called a visco supplement. And uh, these are um, a way to get about a six month uh, cushioning for a knee. Insurances, most of them will pay for that. Some of the larger carriers are not even paying for that anymore. But you've heard of the gel injections like Synvisc or Gel One. Some of these are literally a goop that goes in your knee 
and actually it's like a WD-40 for your joint. Um, if that helps for six months, and it works on about 70% of people, that can always be repeated. So are you saying I would just walk in the door to your office one day, five minutes later, you'd give me an ejection and I'd walk out the door? Well, yeah. Well, you would walk out the door, but you'd want to get approval for that because those cost about $1,400. So the insurances have to be notified that you need it. Yes, you've got enough arthritis in there. And maybe we're looking at a more serious um, long-term solution for your for your bad knee or hip, and that would be a joint replacement or something that you want to avoid or delay. So that's why I bring up these other topics. So if we look at four types of injections you can get, cortisone is fast acting, but not very long lasting. There's gel or visco supplements. That's slower to work, but lasts longer up to six months. And then there's two other what are called biologic injections. They use your own your own blood or your own biology to make you better. The first is called platelet-rich plasma, or PRP. That's obtained from a simple blood draw in your arm, uh, just like you'd get your cholesterol checked at a lab. That is put in a spinner device called a centrifuge, and then that has about a 1,000 anti-inflammatory proteins, and those can be put right into a joint uh, where an area of discomfort is to cut down that inflammation. Remember we talked about the lining cells called the synovium, and when they get inflamed, you get more fluid on the knee or swelling in a joint or in, a, in, a, in an area. And that's one of the best effects that platelets have. They reduce that inflammation in a joint. What they can't do, they can't help rebuild the cartilage. The only cells that have that capability are the stem cells. So stem cells are the final type of injection we offer people. We tell people that those are derived from your uh, bone marrow. Uh, we take that from a small area on the back of the uh, pelvis and that that blood is taken out, spun in a device um, called a centrifuge, and then that's put into the knee or shoulder or hip using an ultrasound to place it exactly where it needs to go. The advantage of stem cells is they have 20 times the anti-inflammatory factors that help pain and inflammation, but they also have growth factors that can help with cartilage growth over time. And I tell people, these aren't, these aren't going to really make your knee look normal or your hip look normal. They are going to give you a way to delay uh, a, a bigger surgery, like a joint replacement, or perhaps uh, put that off at a later to a later time. So, if I have arthritis in my knuckles or, or hands, can, can you treat uh, stem cells and PRP for my knuckles? Um, well, we haven't gotten the stem cells for the small finger joints yet. First of all, there's there's not much fluid in there to begin with. Um, some of my partners are actually doing a study right now with the, with the PRP for some of the small joints of the hand. So we're, we're seeing if those are going to be beneficial. Um, the studies for the stem cells have been in the larger joints, the shoulder, hip, knees, and the lesser degree, the ankle. There is some um, um, place, there are some places that are doing spine injections of stem cells. You may have heard Jack Nicholas went to, went to Munich, uh, Germany to get his stem cells put in his back and was out playing tennis the next day, even though I know he played tennis. Uh, so, um, it's a brand new area um, of medicine called orthobiologics. It's the orthopedic applications of your biology. And it's been in the North American market about five years. That's about when I started doing a lot of these. And I still do joint replacements for my patients. I do whatever they need. And I've got patients that are overweight. They're too big to even have a surgery. They may be a candidate for stem cells. I have patients that are too young. I have some that are too old. I have some that have bad hearts that have a 
high medical risk factor for a surgery and they're not surgical candidates or they don't want surgery or their brother's cousin's dentist had a bad outcome with one and they're just not in, interested in hearing about surgery. So these are, these are um, things we offer people to um, give them the choice on how to take care of their arthritis. So Dr. Ursula, let me make sure I got this right. If I come in and get stem cells, is, am I, do I immediately feel better? How long does it last if I get a stem cell injection? Well, uh, again, we're getting, we're getting a couple different things from your stem cells. Um, and again, a lot of times we'll combine those stem cells with some of your platelets in your arm because of the factors that are in platelets. So when that is given, uh, most people get an immediate or relatively early benefit from their injection. And that's the anti-inflammatory effects that help swelling. Some people say they sleep better the first few nights, they have better motion, uh, et cetera. Um, some of the other, some joints actually take longer to respond. The hip historically takes longer to get better after a stem cell injection compared to a, a shoulder, which is the fastest because we don't walk on our shoulders. Uh, knees are probably in the middle. So most people feel a little better uh, pretty quickly with their knees. Um, on my website, drjohners.com, there's a, um, a whole series of uh, testimonials of people who've had injections and then how they're walking. We ask them questions about when did they feel better? How quickly did it occur? Um, what amount of improvement did you see over what period of time? Um, we also have some uh, information people can read on the science behind it in the articles in what's called my blog section, if you want to read um, information about that. So what, what are the success rates for stem cells and PRP? You know, is it, is it everybody will work with everybody or is it a 50-50 shot? What, what's the success rate? Well, I, I think they affect everybody. I think that people obviously have different um, outcomes in how they feel. Um, I have uh, one of my blogs actually looks at my pain and function scores, which are um, the um, specific to a, a joint as far as a rating for pain and function. So, for instance, an Oxford knee score will ask you, how does your knee feel? What can you do? What can't you do? How much discomfort are you in? Are you taking medications? And those are all done before we do any injections. Then those questions are asked to people 3, 6, 12, and yearly after that. And when I look at uh, my last 140 knees that had stem cells, all but two were significantly better in regard to pain and function at the six-month mark. So that's a lot of improved people. Now, again, some people don't want to live with 30% of their discomfort, and they say, I just want, I just want to have my knee replaced. That's their choice. But again, these, are, these have very little downside. I call the downside to stem cells and PRP only financial misery because there are some costs that the insurances don't cover, but they really aren't, they don't have side effects because they're your blood. So you're not going to react. Um, it's not blood doping. It's a safe way to take your own blood and put it in another part of your body by concentrating um, these certain cells to get an effect. So is the last stop on this journey of treatments, uh, joint replacement, hip replacement, things like that. Are, are there other things that we can do or is basically joint replacement it? Well, I always list that as number four, you know, so when you see me and I show your x-rays and you say, boy, I'm rubbing bone on bone, my legs killing me. I can't, I can't, my hips bad, my knees bad, whatever. And I say, you've tried, you know, therapy, injections, braces, et cetera. 
Maybe you've talked about stem cells. Maybe you can't afford them or don't want to do it. Um, and there are some things like uh, cholesterol medicines that affect stem cells that don't let them work as well. So if you can't stop your statins or what are called the cholesterol pills, then you may not want to even do stem cells. So um, if you get to the point where you're, uh, I always tell people, if it affects your everyday activities, you can't walk a block, can't climb steps, can't get out of a car, can't sleep through the night, you can't enjoy your life because of your hip, knee, or shoulder, well, then you should look at the options of getting a new joint. Now, that's obviously predicated on your age and your occupation and the fact that you really shouldn't run or jump after you get an artificial joint. So if you said, hey, I want to keep running, I tell patients, I wouldn't run on an artificial knee or hip. You know, Bo Jackson had a couple hip replacements in his 30s and tried to play pro, pro sports after that and had two revision hip surgeries. So an artificial joint, you want it to last a long time. And then that's when I talk to you about, are you at the appropriate age? Are you at the appropriate level of misery to want to have a joint replacement? Then I think I can tell you a little bit about what that involves. Uh, Dr. Erst, this sounds like we've gone through a lot of different op uh, options for treating arthritis. We're going to come back uh, in additional episodes and talk about other orthopedic topics. But before we leave the folks today, is there any one or two recommendations you might have for the folks suffering with arthritis that you can you know, leave us with? Well, I think they should embrace the fact that they can, they can really delay surgeries and they can um, you know, improve their lifestyles by either activity modification, dietary changes, uh, weight reduction, and you know, getting the right information that's best for them. It may be their best choice is a joint replacement. In that case, if it's your hip, you should ask your doctor what approach are you going to use, a posterior or an anterior approach. Some of them are muscle sparing. Some of them have faster recovery. Some allow you to sit on a chair and cross your legs more efficiently. Um, and there are other uh, benefits to certain ways we do surgeries. I would tell them to ask their doctor if they're doing a knee replacement, are they going to utilize any computer navigation, any 3D models, any uh, Bluetooth uh, aids? Otherwise, I call it optical navigation. The doctor's just using his eyeballs, like Mr. Goodwrench, using his thumb on your tires. It's probably a little more accurate using some um, computerized systems. And even now, uh, we have robotics for joint replacements for hips, knees, and shoulders. So there are technological advances that are going to make these, um, I think, be placed more accurately, which hopefully would improve their duration and how long they last. But there has to also be an expectation of what the patient needs. And, and that's where they need to do their homework check out who they're talking to. Has their surgeon done a lot of these? Now they experience with different ways to do it. Um, you know, how are their results? And, um, you know, make sure they, they kick the tires on who they're talking to about their problems. All right, great. So uh, thank you, Dr. Ersch, for taking the time today to do this podcast. Uh, I know as people like me getting a little older and things are starting to creak, um, information like this is going to be extremely popular. Can people in the Southern Ohio region, reach out to you. Can they contact you directly at your office? How would they do that? Yeah, our group is called Orthopedic Associates of Southwest Ohio. You can look us up on oadoctors.com. Um, you can look up my information about my stem cells and uh, my blog page and some of the um, um, testimonials of patients who have had them and information about the procedures on my website, drjohnurse.com. Um, that'll probably be on the screen for you here in a little bit. 
And uh, again, uh, we are incorporating telemedicine now, just like this uh, uh, Zoom conference is being done for a podcast. Uh, we realize people are coming in. I have patients that come from out of state to see me, and uh, we're trying to do the telemedicine um, initial interviews to save them that trip where I can get the imaging studies they have sent to me. I can do a conversation much like I'm doing with you. I can have them move their knee or hip. And I can say, Terry, based on those x-rays and your arm and your level of misery, stem cells are a great option for you or not. And then that can save you a trip uh, where you only have to come in for the procedure. And then, you know, there's details about how that would be um, done as an outpatient at the office or in a hospital setting. All right, doctors, thank you very much. Again, I want to thank everybody out there for joining us on the very first episode of the Bone and Joint Playbook. Hopefully you'll join us again for future episodes. Until then, take care. Thanks again for joining us on the Bone and Joint Playbook with Dr. John Erst. Join us again next time.